Thank you for tuning in to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you are ministered to as you listen in. We hope you enjoy the sermon. They live their whole life with no more meaning than trying to survive. And it is the saddest state of existence. I talked about last week about the blessed hope, about the return of Jesus Christ, about him coming back, and it could be in an instant, in a moment, we could be in heaven. How many of you ready to go? I tell you what, last week, especially on the, the first house we went to, I was praying for the rapture. As soon as we pulled one wall off and saw dung, rat dung, about that deep in the wall, I said, Lord Jesus, even so come quickly. Is this what we're in for all week? I was saying, Lord, let him come, let him come. But all through the week, as we worked together and and worked hard, Jesus could have come back at any moment and we'd have been in heaven. Today, I want to talk to you about heaven. Heaven. John 14, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, and I want you to follow along with me. In fact, it'll be on the screen. John 14. You ready? Y'all ready? Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how do we know the way? It's perfect thing. That's what Thomas would say. You know Thomas is the one that didn't believe he had resurrected either. He didn't believe he was going to come back and get him, and he didn't believe he, they were, he was resurrected later. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. What Jesus is saying, hear me closely today, church, in the plurality of thoughts and processes that are in our culture, there is only one way to heaven There is only one way to the Father, and it is Jesus. Philip said to him, Lord, verse 8, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He said, (laughs) that's kind of like when you've been telling your kids the same thing over and over again, and they say, Do you not understand what I have been telling you? You missed the whole point. Verse 10, do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. There's just some points, not talking about heaven, but just some points about a Christian walk in that passage of Scripture. Just that last verse, he says, 
I will do anything that you do in the name of my, in my name I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Here's what we do. Most of our requests are for us, not for the glory of God. Most of our prayer is to relieve our pain or our situation or our persons or who we need God to touch instead of that God receives glory in what we pray for. I believe we would have more prayers answered if we prayed that Jesus would be glorified. Anybody say amen? Has nothing to do with a message, just a thought. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you and you in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps him is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you love me, you will have rejoiced because I go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up. Let us go from here. The Bible is very, very clear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I just want to read this to you. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? but we have the mind of Christ. Listen to me here today, church. Jesus said, I'm leaving you, and I'm going to the Father, but don't be troubled about it because I'm coming again. And then he says in the very first verse of that chapter, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in, my, in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you, Ray. For you, Ms. Diane. For my brother and sister, the brothers and sisters are right here. I don't, I don't, I've never met you guys and y'all here today, and I'm just blessed to have you, and the love of Jesus is on you. You can tell from up here. But he went to prepare a place for us. 
Jesus today is not sitting haphazardly floating in heaven in a diaper eating grapes. Jesus today is at the right hand of the Father. He really is doing two things, three things. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. Number two, he's preparing a place, a dwelling place in his Father's house for you. And third, he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Those are the three things he does. He baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He saturates us with the Holy Spirit. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit so that you can have revelatory knowledge and the Word can come alive in your life, not just the written Logos Word, but the revealed will of God Word by the Holy Spirit so that you can discern and understand the very things you're hearing right now. Because it is not normal or natural for you to understand the spirit things of God, it only comes by the spirit. That's what the word says. Then he's in heaven preparing us a place. And third, he's there interceding to the father on Dwight's behalf. When the devil goes before the father and accuses and brings an accusation against Dwight, Jesus is standing there and he goes before the father for Dwight and he says, Dwight's covered by my blood, father, and the devil has to go away. So before we ever get to heaven, we got this life licked. We let everything else kick our tails bring discouragement, wear us out, and we forget the very fact. And I'm praying that this week when you're having a bad week that you remember, man, Jesus is in heaven fighting for me and he's preparing a place for me to live and I can't wait to get there. Now, Jesus has been gone now a while. So he's preparing a place called heaven. He's preparing dwelling places for people who know Jesus. And it's going to be amazing no matter what you're going through today hear me closely no matter what you're experiencing in your life in this moment Jesus is preparing a place for you that will absolutely as soon as eternity hits in your life you will forget everything that you've gone through right now if you know Jesus and he says, I'm going. And he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can help us and make us to know. I love Edsel's phrase. I've got my Edselization meeting tomorrow. Some of you don't know who Edsel is. Edsel is a mentor in my life. He's 75 years old. He's one of the godliest men and the smartest men I've ever met. And I go meet with him about once a month so I can be Edselized. Because Edsel is in tune with the Holy Spirit. Edsel is weird with the Holy Spirit. Etzel has this thing that when he looks at you, Amy, it's like he's looking right into your tonsils, into your heart. And then he'll say something to provoke you because of the Spirit of God. Right, Christy? Christy sits there and she says, oh, man, I tell you, every time I sit with Etzel, it's kind of, it's because the Holy Spirit has a way, knowing that we need it to have a way to speak into our lives. But he says this phrase, he says, the Holy Spirit will make you to know. 
The Holy Spirit can help you to understand heaven even though you have no comprehension of it. The Holy Spirit can help you understand the Word when it really is just something we read. In the last few weeks, I've read more Scripture than most of the time I have in a long time, and I will again when we read Revelation 21, is because without the Word, you have no faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, chapter 14. Turn your Bible, if you would, Revelation 21. So we believe that we have this life, the rapture takes place or you die. You die before or Jesus comes back. Either way, you go to heaven. I believe that after the church is taken out of the earth, there will be a tribulation period. And after that seven years, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. And he's bring us with him. And then after a thousand years, the enemy will be released to see if he can turn people away from God, is what I believe biblically. I'm not saying everybody has to believe that, but we as a church believe that, that there's the rapture of the church, there's a tribulation period, there is, and some people say we're in the tribulation. You ain't seen tribulation. You have, this is a tuning up. Hurricane after hurricane, volcanic action, volcanic action, earthquakes. This is the birth pains, as we read last week. The earth is at birth pains, just like a mother who travails before having a child. Our earth is travailing before the church is out of here. After that thousand years, then we come to what we're going to know as eternity or heaven. Look in Revelation 21. If you have your Bible, if you don't, it's on the screen. If it's on your phone, how read it. Revelation 21 verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they will be they shall be his people and God himself will be among them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain the first things have passed away can you say amen Verse 5, and he who sits on the throne said, behold I am making all things new and he said right for these words are faithful and true then he said to me, John's writing this, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part will be in the lake of fire that burnt the the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls of, full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, come here and I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone as a stone of clear, crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with 12 gates and the gates 12 angels and the names were written on them which are the, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel. 
There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had a, a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. So it's 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. This is a city. This is not heaven. This is just the city. And he measured the wall, 72 yards, according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. 72 yards. If you multiply 72 times 3, that means it's 216 feet deep is the wall. You've got to walk almost a football field to get through the gate. You say, man, I don't like big cities. Don't go to heaven. Big cities on earth are just preparation for big cities in heaven. Two hundred and sixteen feet. Verse 18. The material of the wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The very thing we spend a lot of money on to put on our rings, put on our hands, put on our walls, the things that we prize the most and lock up in the safe God uses to build a city with. And Jesus is working on it. That's what he said. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. Twelve gates, twelve pearls. The ga It's a big pearl. That's a big oyster. It's just a thought. It's just, it's just to kind of provoke your thinking today to make sure as we read all the Scripture, you're kind of there. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God has illumined it and the lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there, its gates will never be locked. You see, 
the very thing we do, we shut our doors and lock our doors to keep enemy out. What it says here is that the gates will never be closed and there will never be any night. There will be no fear there because God is there and Jesus is the lamp and it is lit and it's a magnificent place. Nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination or lying, verse 27, shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So I did some statistics this week because I want to know how big is 15 miles wide, 15 miles tall. So I did some measurements from Bowling Green just to give you a perspective. From Bowling Green to Phoenix, Arizona is 1,500 miles. From Bowling Green to Halifax, Nova, Nova Scotia to the east is 1,500 miles. From Bowling Green to Havana, Cuba. Can you say Cuba? Not Key West. Not Marathon down Key West, those islands. Not Marathon, Cuba. 1,500 miles. I don't even know, I didn't even know this place existed. I was trying to figure out how far north we have to go to go 1,500 miles. It is Sand Lakes Provincial Wilderness Park. The reason that name is so long, because ain't nobody going there. It's too cold. It's too far. It's going to be huge. Jesus is preparing a place for you today that if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, this is the city where you will dwell. After driving to Houston and back, I know the Lord ain't going to make us drive across the city. I am believing that he gives me a heavenly moped. I asked you last week because I have this mindset, the Jetsons are forever just tattooed in my brain, but I believe that's what I'm going to have, and I'm going to believe I have a dog in heaven. We're going to get in that thing. You say, you have lost your mind. Just let, let, listen, I didn't say it was the Holy Spirit told me that. But if you get to heaven and I'm in my little thing flying across with a dog in my, you'll remember this sermon. You'll say, Eons of time ago, I think that I heard Pastor Dave say something about that as he flies by and I wave at you. The very thing that we prize the most, God is going to have there, and it will be normal, normal in eternity. I, I found out an interesting thing this last uh, couple of weekends ago about these windows here in our sanctuary that I, I was talking to the volunteers this morning as we came in. But I was visiting with a secretary at this church who's been here for 40 years, and she said that whenever Pastor Odom began to design this building, that he had, re had her research the colors of the 12 foundations of heaven, of the New Jerusalem. And that's what these windows are. These windows are the colors of heaven, of the foundation of of the new Jerusalem. That's what are here. She told me that. They were sitting just back about where Les and Jackie are back there. And I knelt down. And I said, are you serious? She said, it took me forever. And he wanted it to be exactly right and, and all that. And these colors are, that is the colors. Now, there are colors, you know, that some of the colors are 
close? Because some of you are going to sit there and start saying, hmm, there's not 12 different colors in there. But if you look at the colors that are listed there and the different precious stones that are there, some of them are the same tent. I told the volunteers this morning, and I'm saying to you as a congregation, I pray that those of you that are here this morning, that you never forget every time you walk in this room and you see these windows, Jesus is making a place for me called heaven. Could you imagine what it's going to be like? Can you imagine a pearl that big? How many of you sisters would like to have a pearl that Just give me one. Just give me one. Gold as pavement. The city is made of gold, the Bible says, like transparent glass. That pure. It says there, it lists those who will not be there. It gives a list of those, of the sins that are there. But it says those whose names are written in the book of life will be found there. So this book of life, let me, let me just give you some Passage of Scripture, Revelation chapter 20, verse 15 says, If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The book of life is the set of names of those who will live with God forever in heaven. And the role is kept there of those who are saved. The book of life is also mentioned in Revelation chapter 3, Revelation 20, Philippians chapter 4, Romans 8, John 10, it is not a single instance of the book of life. It is mentioned a number of times in Scripture. So apparently, God's trying to get through that there's a book your name needs to be in. And your name is placed there by receiving Christ. Revelation 20 also gives us a picture of the great white throne judgment in which is a judgment of unbelievers. It makes it clear that the ones whose name are not in the book of life will be found in that book at that judgment. This week as I drove and we had lots of time to drive and traveling and going around and working through and driving 1,800 miles in a car, I've had a lot of time of thinking but for the whole week in driving, because I've been thinking about heaven, I think about it, what an amazing place that's going to be. And how we get so caught up on the temporal things of our life, whether it's the pain that you're in right now physically, or if it's because of a relationship that's caused you pain, or even the most ecstatic moment that you may have when your first baby was born, and I remember it like it was yesterday, those moments in your life when they are so ecstatic and compared to heaven, they will glim like a fading sun going down into the dark whenever we see Jesus, man, when we see heaven. I told Christy, I said, this week I've thought about two babies we've lost. Between Kaylee and between Bryce, Christy was pregnant every year for the first four years we were married. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
And two of those, especially the second, was farther along and that baby went to heaven. And I thought about, I wonder how many babies are in heaven who are no longer babies, but when they are in heaven, they come into their glorified state and what an amazing witness that is. Kaylee and Bryce have actually, they believe one was a, Bryce believes one was a brother and Kaylee believes the other was a girl, a sister. And the Lord gave me such a burden this week for people who may have lost a child. Some who've lost a son or a daughter. Maybe they've gone to heaven before you. Maybe they were babies or maybe they died before you have died. And it's backwards that point. We know that it's natural, more natural for someone older to die before the son or the daughter dies, and yet we lose somebody that goes away and they know Jesus and they go to heaven. Can I say to you today that as I drove and I thought about this little boy and this little girl, according to Kaylee and Bryce, and I'm not going to argue with the faith of a child. I don't know if they have revelation about that. I don't know, but here's what I know. As I drove, I thought, thank you, God, that there's two that I'll see that I haven't got to see. I've thought about my mama, my papa, my granddad and grandy. And that they're in heaven. Can I tell you today that heaven is going to be wonderful, not just because it's going to be made of precious stones or great pearls or anything else, but heaven is going to be amazing because of those who are already there that we get to see again. If you're here this morning, we're going to pray in a few minutes, and if you've had a child that's gone before you, and there's still some kind of tender pain in you, I believe because of a prayer coming in this service that the Lord would have me pray over you today, and we're going to ask God if there's a sting that's there, that God would heal the sting, even though it can never change. The other is for those who have lost family and friends, those not that you've lost, but those who have lost family and friends. People that today, if they were to die, that you're in relationship with, if they were to die today, you would wonder, would they get to see such a beautiful place? There's a burden inside of me today for family members of my own that need to know Jesus. And yet at the same time, I also pray that all of us who know Jesus would not be so judgmental because you and I do not determine whose names are in the book. You know what else? I believe not because of the way I was raised, because the way I was raised was that if I had a wrong thought, I was already kicked out of heaven. I believe there's more security in Jesus than we know. In fact, we just sang a song about the love of the Lord, the His love is relentless. The moments in my life when I've been farthest away from the Lord, according to anybody else in the world, Jesus was there striving and pulling and tugging at my heart. I can remember when I was trying to push him back, and yet Jesus was there striving. So here's what I'm praying, not only for those that are lost, but Lord, would you help us give a measure of faith and get the judging out of our systems to where we don't say this, ah, they're too far gone. They're not going to make it to heaven. 
That sin has forever condemned them to hell. They can't be in heaven. Who in the world do we think we are to think that we are the ones with the pen and we're the scribes who write in the book of life? The only one who writes in the book of life is the Father, and he writes names based on those who have believed in Jesus, confessed him as Lord, asked forgiveness. We don't write their names there. There's lots of people I wish I could have sent to hell. Nobody in here. <laughs> but church, there needs to be such an awakening in us. And it's only by the Spirit. And the reason I read 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 was because the Spirit of God has to give us a revelation of heaven but he also has to give us a revelation of people who need Jesus. Only the Spirit of God can give us a burden for lost people. Only the Spirit of God. Not preaching, not just me preaching about it or about having a drama. It must be the Spirit of God who makes us give a rip if somebody goes to hell or not. The Spirit of God has got to awaken in us the same Spirit that brings healing about two little ones that have gone on to heaven that we'll get to see and get corrected sometimes by our children who say we don't have seven that's part of our family. We have nine. <laughs> they do. They remind us. That same Spirit that wants us to give that revelation of healing in our hearts for that is the same spirit that can bring revelation that gives us a heart for people who don't know Jesus. It's the same spirit that heals us of judgmentalism so that we witness, but we don't determine. I don't get saved. Terrence, you get to go. Amelia, yeah, baby. Thank God I'm not the judge as to who gets in or out because we judge earthly and God sees every heart. As you look at these windows today and as you come in again, I hope when you walk in, you think about a place that's 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high. Do you know it's only 63 miles to space? So it's a long ways up. The city. And if you know Jesus, you are going there. How many of you know Jesus and you're going? I want to camp out at the Amethyst. I like the purple. Or I'm a, I've never liked my birthstone. It's topaz. I'm like, why did I have to have that one? No, Peridot. I forgot what month I was in. Oh, everybody said, oh. You were born in August. That's the green one. Huh? I know. Ruby or something. See? We can move right in. But if you know Jesus, it's going to be an amazing place. And we're going there. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon here at Centerpoint. For more information, visit us at centerpointbg.com. Mm -hmm.